Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom T20 World Cup Daily Podcast. Pakistan have qualified for the T20 World Cup final after handsomely beating New Zealand at the SCG to set up a final against either England or India. I'm Yazrana and with me to talk through the game is Joe Harmon and Jim Wallace. Jim, good to have you on for the first time in the tournament. Um, Pakistan qualifying for the final almost perfectly encapsulates the tournament. They lost their first two games, had to beat South Africa in that game, they were 43 for four. They then needed Netherlands to beat South Africa to get to the semis. And now they've absolutely bossed the semi-final. Um, they just in box office as they so often are in a major tournament. Yeah. Uh, and everyone is saying, you know, it's 1992 all over again. 30 years since the final at the MCG with Imran Khan's cornered Tigers. So it could be, I mean, part of me wants it to be a uh, England-Pakistan final. But also part of me really wants it to be an India-Pakistan final um, to sort of because the first match that they played earlier a few weeks ago was so good. And we were saying earlier that, you know, we don't normally get jealous of the people who are in the ground, but that one was particularly one that um, yeah, did feel a sort of pang of jealousy about. And if if it is an India-Pakistan final, yeah, that would be um, that would be a pretty special occasion. Mm. Um, Joe, in, in some ways, this is a vintage Pakistan World Cup. They're, they're really unpredictable. They've got a few kids in there. But Jim and I were talking about it during the game. It's, it's also a very new look Pakistan side that doesn't have, you know, the baggage of past failures and past scandal in as as much as other Pakistan teams. Of the team that played today, only Babar, Shadab and Shaheen were at the 2019-50 World Cup and that's only three years ago. And that actually, this team so early in their cycle qualifying for a World Cup final is, is really encouraging for Pakistan and bodes well for the future because it is a very young side on the whole. Yeah, Mohammed Harris doesn't look like he's carrying too much baggage, does he? <laughs> what, what time he's having? Uh, he's just fantastic. Um, yeah, and Nassim Shah as well, who hasn't really got much of a T20 record, is is kind of picked on potential and, and, and clearly is raw pace. And I know he's only got a handful of wickets in this tournament, but he's been brilliant. One of the unsung heroes, hardly gone for many runs at all, which is no mean feat when he's bowling at the pace that he is. 
Uh, and now you've got Shaheen Afridi sort of getting just into top gear just at the right time, reflecting his kind of side's journey. Um, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. Because uh, it's not clear. They obviously really enjoy chasing. And Baba and Rizwan were in their element, went hard against the Kiwis today, and it really paid off. So if you're setting a target against Pakistan, you know you're going to have to put plenty on the board, which is a tough ask against that bowling attack. Equally, if you're chasing against them, even if Pakistan gets a 150, 160, that's not going to be an easy game. So whichever way it goes, they're going to be a really tough side to beat. Um, I'm, I'm getting the feeling it just feels like an India-Pakistan final. Back, mm. As Jim says, back to that, that kind of their first games of the tournament. Hopefully England can pull off what I think would be a bit of a shock to to over, um, to overcome India mm. tomorrow. I'm glad you mentioned Harris um, because we've kind of seen him just come in and just smack it from ball one in the tournament. But today he was a bit more measured and, and showed a side of him that we haven't yet seen in the tournament. Um, and then also he just played two amazing shots off Lockie yeah. Ferguson. It was 19 off 15. And I was thinking, you know, another dot ball here or a wicket. And then Pakistan, yeah. it, it, it's a very nervy finish. And then I think it was like a leg stump half, uh, leg stump Yorker that was slightly wrong from Ferguson. He crunched the covers. He and nailed he it. Two for six the next and ball. It sort of traced away through, they had a great camera angle of it, sort of tracing away from the, through the gap, yeah. away from the fielders. Yeah. And, and Jim, uncharacteristically for previous Pakistan sides, Pakistan were brilliant in the field. There's that Shadab mm. Khan run out to get rid of De Devon Conway. But equally, they're really, really good at, um, at stopping twos. There's a period where New Zealand weren't really looking for boundaries and Pakistan made sure that New Zealand didn't go too quickly in yeah. that period. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how. I don't know if it's just because they've got a relatively young side, and they're obviously, as you mentioned, a new a newish side, and they're feeling very engaged and energetic. But um, I actually just did a piece on fielding, so I don't know. <laughs> but I don't have any insights as to they don't have a they don't have a particular gun field or anything like that that often sides have that they then raise their standards around. But they just seem to be um, obviously they really want it, and now they've got that momentum behind them. Um, after those two losses at the start. And yeah, it seems to be, you know, everyone keeps saying, but written in the stars that they would get to the final and at least uh, um, yeah, maybe do something special. Do you think that 140 was about part? It looked quite tacky. The, the pitch looked quite tacky when Pakistan were bowling, New Zealand were batting. But then yeah. it kind of looked fine when Baba and Rizwan got going. Do you they think looked that fine, didn't they? They were mm. they were what? They were um, off the power play. They were sitting, basically going at eight or nine and over. Um yeah, I mean, it's, it was a used pitch, wasn't it? There was some confusion. I, I saw some people saying that maybe it was or it wasn't, but it definitely was a used pitch. And um, But then it bounced. They, they seemed to be enjoying the bounce and you mm. know, they, they were sort of flat batting it away. So, um, yeah, it felt like it felt like maybe 150, 160 would be pretty decent. Yeah. Mm. I just thought, yeah, I mean, 152 for four in the end, when you're four wickets down, you, you do wonder, could they have pushed it a bit hard? And we talked mm. on the, the weekly pod, the normal pod yesterday, about how good New Zealand were at reading the conditions and setting a target um, that is appropriate to those conditions. And I think it is tricky because they haven't got the depth of batting lineup that most other sides do. They haven't got the power hitters beneath Nisham at six. So they can't go too hard. But I don't know, it, it did feel like they left kind of 20 out there mm. Uh, mm. and that would have been a really good game uh, but th this New Zealand side is is if you look down the lineup it is not a gun T20 side they work really well with what they've got which I know is a New Zealand cliche but it's particularly true of the T20 side uh, but I think a couple of their the holes in their side were kind of shown up by Pakistan today mm. and there were a couple of key moments that really changed the game and two of them involved Devin Conway 
the run out uh, on the last ball, the power play, and he's a kind of guy who, if he's in for five, six more overs, then then you'd back New Zealand to get 10, 20 more runs. But then also his drop of Babra's on first ball. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no wicket-keeping expert, but Adam Gilchrist was on commentary and he said he probably should have caught it. So I'm going to defer to Gilchrist on well, that he, one. He also, he kept really bad. I mean, there was a couple mm. of fumbles at relatively crucial moments as well. I think he's not even the second best reserve keeper in that side I think mm. Glenn Phillips is the better keeper but is I think is considered so valuable in the outfield that they yeah. want him there instead so Conway's kind of the backup to the backup and it showed today mm. um, yeah and, and his wicket was absolutely crucial 21 off 20 doesn't look great uh, but you know if he's in for another three or four overs then that's that you know he would he would have started to score a bit quicker I think um, yeah not not a great day for him and Williamson said at the end that they just didn't didn't play anywhere near their potential and I think Conway kind of summed that up Mm. They were running singles to it. They run a couple of singles to him towards the end, didn't they? Mm. He just looked completely um, shot. So, yeah, he he didn't have a great day. Mm. Um, there, there's been quite a lot of criticism around Williamson, and I kind of want to defend him again, just because, yeah, Joe, you say that they get the best out of the players they have, and they don't have a particularly stat batting lineup. And Finn Allen's been been good at times this tournament, but he even when he when when he does well, he doesn't really face many balls. And if you've got Nisham at six, who's a specialist hitter at the death then that's leaving a lot of overs in the middle there for only four batters and Williamson is kind of taking the responsibility uh, to make sure that they get to um, something that is is near a competitive total at the very least well if you look at Williamson was dismissed in with four overs to go pretty much 117 on the boards mm. so actually you know if they have a big four overs at the end they end up 165 then actually you could say Williamson's done his job. So yeah. this is this is the this is the frustration mm. uh when it comes to analysing someone like Williamson in T twenty because you're so dependent on what people do after you after you're gone. So Nisham's mm. sixteen off twelve at the end. You know, if that's twenty five off twelve and someone else has a couple of boundaries at the end, then it, it doesn't look such a bad innings. Mm. Um just on Darren Mitchell, uh his two highest scores in T twenty I cricket in World Cup semi-finals, which is which is quite handy. Uh, and and on the very start of the game, kind of forgot to mention it early on, but uh, what an entertaining first three balls. For, four first ball, LBW second ball, that's overturned. Then an LBW third ball of uh, Shaheen to Finn Allen. And then the best bit, uh, the two umpires exchanging a fist bump after Erasmus <laughs> gets the decision right. Uh, well, I think Erasmus did need a fist bump. After that That was a bit of a shocker in the yeah. first over. It's yeah. quite a clear inside edge. I think it, maybe he, he was pumping at the start there as well. Um, it, it didn't, obviously it didn't matter because of the fact that Shane got him a second ball anyway. Mm. But it did make me think, God, we get used to DRS, but imagine that first over of a proper game. That's a massive inside edge. And we're like, oh, on your way. That I mean, that used to happen all the time. It's yeah. just, just terrible. Yeah. Um, on Jim, on Baba and Rizwan, I mean, it's another 100 stand. We're kind of sick of them by now. But that's, just, that's their eighth as a pair in T20 cricket. Yeah. No other opening pair has more than four. Mm-hmm. For all the criticism around their strike rates, um, they've won 12 out of 15 games that the pair get to the 10th over. So it's not as if that... When they bat for ages, Pakistan get too bogged down and therefore lose because they're going too slowly. They are so good as a pair and especially on pitches like that. And I think there's almost a Stokes-like quality to both of them of making sure that they do the job themselves. And there's some criticism, all these like actually a lot of star players uh, in the global game get a lot of criticism in T20 cricket for almost showing that responsibility. Mm. But, you know, when it comes to these massive moments in global tournaments, it, it counts for something. Absolutely. And and 
it, the, the camera kept on panning to Williamson in the first in the first sort of six to eight overs, and and he looked a bit like he was you know when they get going, you know they look a bit unstoppable, and they really sort of knock the stuffing out of of New Zealand in that first power play, and then a bit beyond. But is the criticism basically that they they hit a bit of a slump after that first six, and they use up a, a few too many balls, and then you know they they sort of don't close it out early enough? Or, or? Yeah, I think the, the criticism has been that kind of regardless who's been at the crease, Pakistan have gone quite slowly in the middle overs. Mm. Uh, and today, I think what they did really well was uh, we saw it in the England-Sri Lanka game at Sydney that the power play was so important that game. So Rizwan and Baba went really quickly today, but then they didn't really slow down on over 7 to 10. Yeah. So quite often they've had decent-ish power play starts. Yeah. And then the run, required runway actually creeps up quite a lot leaving the rest of the middle order quite a lot a lot of work to do at the end that didn't happen today they and, and the spinners came on so Sodi and and, um, and Santner mm. came on and they obviously bowled a very tight line and, and so it is hard but but, but they, when Southie was bowling I think he went for 14 Bolt went for an over of 13 or 14 mm. they were just sort of lining him up and, and flat batting him away so mm. it's it's hard to stop that really when they're in that sort of form and I think with with New Zealand, obviously every side is hunting um, wickets in the power play. It's, it's key in T20 cricket, but I think it's particularly key to New mm. Zealand when you think of the way their bowling attack is balanced. You know, Bolt and Southie generally do make early inroads, and when they don't, Santner and Sodia, you know, they're, they're tidy spinners, but they're not going to tear through a side in the mm. middle overs. What they've done really well is keep it tight after Bolt and Southie have made those those early breakthroughs. Today, that didn't happen. Rizman and Baba came out, played really aggressively, but actually, I didn't think they looked particularly like they were taking many risks. It mm. was actually like quite quite proper cricket shots. We knew on that on that pitch from the England Sri Lanka game as well that power play runs were going to be absolutely key. So they took advantage of that. So when the five six overs were done, no wickets gone, plenty of runs on the board. The, the game was well and truly up by then, really. Mm. And, and New Zealand's attack is. Lockie Ferguson is their their impact middle overs man, but there's not much else around him in the way that the, the other top sides in the tournament can generally call on wicket takers in the middle overs. New Zealand are quite reliant on Ferguson, who Pakistan played really well again today. Um, so again, I just think there's not that variety. They generally just stick with those five bowlers who bowl four mm. each. If you think England have seven or even potentially eight bowlers to call upon, um, New Zealand just don't have that depth. So Williamson is slightly hamstrung. Mm. Um, do, do you reckon New Zealand could have been a bit more creative with how they use their bowlers I mean they got Pakistan had that really good start against the Seamers could they have brought on Sodi or Santner early just to kind of mix things up a little bit because at that point you know win predicted was probably at 75-80% Pakistan well, we were in the office and I was sort of saying he's got to bring on a spinner here because they were going so well it looked like particularly against uh, one over against Saudi just you know they were just sort of slapping him away with disdain and I thought maybe they what Sodi and Santner do do is is bowl a very tight line, so it could have maybe added some pressure that way. But uh, as I said, that the the game seemed to have been it, it looked a bit of a foregone conclusion. It did get a bit tighter towards the end, so that's why um, Mohammed Harris's knock was so good because it did start to get what did it get to about twenty one or sixteen or something yeah, like that, so nineteen or fifteen. It did. So it does show that there is that slowdown, and and you know if you do lose maybe two or three wickets, then then you do start to maybe choke, but. Um, yeah, maybe Williamson did look a bit like he was out of ideas, I thought, um, when they were going really well. But, I mean, I guess that's what they do. They sort of put you under pressure and scramble your brain a bit. Mm. There might have been some discussion whether they played Michael Bracewell as well. Um, I think I think Bubba's record isn't quite so good against Ospin. I hope I'm not making it up. I think I read that. Um, and Bracewell can give it a whack down the order. 
And then they would have had a bit, bit more leeway with their spin. They could have bowled some spin in the power play and still have plenty to come later on. The question is, who do you drop? Mm. And it's it's not very clear in that side who who you would. Mm. Um, so there's probably not much more that New Zealand could have done in terms of team selection. Uh, they just didn't really turn up on the day. Mm. Um, Pakistan will face one of England or India in the final. Joe, you've already said that you, you think it's going to be India. I'm leaning that <laughs> Did way. Did he say that? Well, so I'm, not, I'm sort of leaning that way. Obviously, obviously, I hope England get to a World Cup final, but it just feels a bit like it's kind of written in stars. But I guess it depends which stars you're reading because there's, <laughs> lo- there's, there's lots of messages, apparently, that we could be drawing upon. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I now fancy Pakistan to win it, whoever they play, actually. Hmm. Maybe it'll feel differently after India absolutely <laughs> trounce England tomorrow, but that but it, it is starting to feel yeah. feel that way. But I said before we started recording that if the pitches are going to be like this, it shouldn't be all doom and gloom for England because they just played a series in seven matches in Pakistan. Then Joe, you made the point. It was a very different team. Yeah, it was, I mean, in theory, it was a weaker team, but it <laughs> yeah. was a different team that was quite suited to those conditions. Ben Duckett played an absolute blinder out there. Really good player of spin. He's not in the England side this time. Not that England don't have plenty of great batting mm. options, but it but it is a different lineup to the one that, that beat them out there. Mm. Um, and you were saying Brooke, the, there is some, uh, you well, know, yeah. that, that role is quite interesting because he doesn't have a particularly great record in Australia. But if it looks a bouncy sort of true wicket, then he can just play his normal game. Well, well, uh, his record in Australia is is really bad. So he had an amazing PSL last year, but just before it, he had a very bad BBL and BBL is generally considered to be a slightly weaker league. He did, again, really well in Pakistan this winter. But then since he's come to Australia, I think he had one quite good game against Australia in the kind of the warm-up series. Mm. But since then, it's not gone as well. But if the pitches are like what we had today, I think he comes into it more because he, he kind of saw with uh, Rizwan and Baba, like they were much more confident playing their sweeps against the, the mm. spinners. And if it becomes, if you if you can play your cross-bat shots in, with a more confident fashion and I think he comes into it more and also he might be a position higher or he might come in earlier without Milan in the side so his role yeah. is going to be slightly different to what we've had so far um, but how, yeah how do you see the semi-final tomorrow? Uh, I mean I've <laughs> I've sort of said that I don't fancy England all the way through so I'm not <laughs> going to change that now that they looked nervous to me against Sri Lanka um, and I think uh, they've got a couple of injuries. Wood might be injured, and, mm. and Milan obviously. That's massive. I mean, yeah. We don't know on that one. Milan yeah. looks doubtful. Wood seems to be. I don't know. It's hard to tell from the noise from the England camp, but that would mm. be a huge loss. Yeah, um, and obviously India are so good, and and Coley's back in form, and and you know, and they've got Yadav, and and I think I I fancy that they're too strong, and I do fancy the the narrative of an India Pakistan World Cup final um, mm. in, at the MCG for the atmosphere and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean. I, I would like England to win, um, but I sort of with Joe. I don't think they will do. Well, we'll find hang out. On, hang on, hang on, hang <laughs> on. I didn't quite say that. I said I made India fa- marginal favourite. Yeah. You were reading the stars. I was reading the stars. The, yeah. I think a battle to look out for, I was just reading this morning, uh, with Neshwar Kumar's got a phenomenal record against Butler, mm. um, which will be the first over of, of the innings. That is huge. You know, if India can get rid of Butler in the first over, England's mm. chances of winning decrease massively. Mm. Equally, if Butler can overcome Bhavneshwar, win that battle that he's lost in the past, get through that first five overs, then England could set India an enormous target or chase down pretty much anything. So that mm. that's definitely a battle to look out for. Mm. I quite liked what um, Ben said a couple of days ago in, in a way to kind of uh, 
pre- preserve your your respect with predictions in T20 cricket to say it's 60-40 in every T20 game. So well, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and 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 it can come down to the the smallest thing or whatever. Mm. But um, if you go with the with the general, I I mean, I'd be interested in what you two think. I don't think England have been that. They've not. They've not been that strong in this in this World Cup. It feels it feels like they've uh, the one game against. Um, I think they were probably lucky to get away with the Australia game because that would have been hmm. mm, I don't know about that one. But New uh, Zealand was very much in the balance. Ended up looking like quite a comfortable win, but with five overs to go, it didn't yeah. feel at all comfortable. And it felt the the Sri Lanka one when they lost when they started losing quite a flurry <laughs> of wickets. It felt like they might they just stumbled over the line in the end, but. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe they'll um, someone will do something incredible. But that's the thing with T Twenty is it only really needs one person to have a yeah. I kind of think like you've got the best two batters in the world in Butler and Sky. If one of them has a really good day, their team wins. Like it can mm. be as simple as that. Yeah, um, we'll be back with our next Eddie show as soon as that semi final has happened. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, Jim. And thanks for listening. Podcast Network.